Welcome to the Mackenzie McHugh Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. On this podcast, we'll dive deep into God's Word and build faith. Now, more than ever, people are hungry for God and hungry for biblical truth. On this podcast, we filter nothing. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, this podcast is just for you. Let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening today, and I pray today will bless you. I want to get right into today's message, which is entitled, Is Jesus the Only Way to Heaven? Now, a lot of people would certainly say, no, that is absolutely not true. You know, there's many ways to heaven, you know, that's really, um, you know, that's really uninclusive to think that, that there's only one way. But I want to boldly tell you today from the scriptures, the true answer to that question, is Jesus the only way to heaven? And before I do so, I'd love to open up with a word of prayer. Also, please don't forget to share this podcast with a friend or maybe you know somebody that's asking themselves this question, is Jesus really the only way to heaven? And I pray this will help you today. In Jesus' name, let's open up with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone listening today to the podcast. God, as we dive into this, um, for many, challenging question, or mind-boggling, help us to to understand the simple truth of the gospel, that it's not complicated, but it's very simple. And Lord, I just thank you many hearts would be changed today. People will be saved and, and um, transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So, I know personally, I have asked myself this question uh, years ago. Is Jesus truly the only way to heaven? And just to be personal with you, I used to believe, oh yeah, like that's, you know, every religion has things about it that are right. Every religion has something to offer and they all are about one God, really. And in high school, coming from a public high school, that's what they would teach us as well. They, they gave us the options of, yeah, you know, um, Islam, um, Buddha, Hinduism, Christianity. They all actually, uh, for example, like Muslim, Islam and Christianity serve the same God. They just call him different. They call him Allah and then, you know, Jesus, but it's really the same person. So I was like, oh, okay, like that, that makes sense you know, and I just want to share, that's kind of what I grew up, like, that's part of what culture will teach you, is that it's this all-inclusive thing. A few definitions I want to uh, explain that I um, learned from evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth about religious diversity is these three terms that fall under that definition of religious diversity, is 
the first one is pluralistic theory, which states one religion is as truthful as any religion. So there is basically like an acceptance of every single religion. It, it, it tolerates everything. Every, every road leads you to the same place. There's many roads to heaven. Amen. Like that's what that people that have that view believe. And maybe you're on the other end of this and you're saying, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I you know, include everybody. I don't want to be hateful toward anyone. And that's what culture's taught us is that if you have one um, exclusive, if you're exclusive, which I'll explain in a moment, that is probably viewed to many as hateful or, you know, that's offensive or whatever. But um, so pluralistic is when one religion is as truthful as any religion. The second definition I want to give is the exclusivist theory which is what Christianity is, it's what Islam is, it's what Hinduism is, and even Buddhism, all of these different major religions claim that their religion is the only way. And it it's basically saying they are the sole bearer of truth. And Christianity claims that, that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Just gave you the answer to the whole podcast today. <laughs> exclusivist theory and I'm almost done explaining these it just helps lay a foundation for it helped lead the foundation for me in my mind number three inclusivist theory finds that although exclusivists could hold the most value we should be open-minded that other religions have value as well so an inclusivist is like between it's like both of pluralistic theory and exclusivist theory where they mostly side with whatever that exclusivist religion claims but then they also see good valuable principles that are taught in other religions and they don't want to you know leave those values out so if you're listening maybe one of those stuck out to you and you're like okay I think on the the playing field of this, I'm probably, you know, whatever one you are, whether it's pluralistic right now, exclusivist, inclusivist, all this is based on your upbringing, possibly, or what you have been grown up with. So, I'm literally looking out the window and there's a deer outside right now. Very cool. Okay. Sorry, guys. Very pretty. Wow. Okay. All right. So whatever one relates to you. Now I want to go to the Bible and I want us to go to John chapter 14, starting in verse one. This is going to be our key text today. John 14, verse one. The Bible says this is Jesus. Um speaking to his disciples and he says do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me my father's house has many rooms if that were not so would i have told you that i'm going there to prepare a place for you 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. So, Jesus answers the question to today's podcast title, which says, Is Jesus the only way to heaven? The answer is, very simply from the scriptures, yes. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only way to heaven. Because he says very clearly right here, I am the way and the truth and the life. Notice that he didn't say, I am one of many ways. Um, it's an all or nothing. I am the way. Now, common sense, when you're, when, you know, you're at a fork in the road, you have to pick whether you're going to go left or right and at the end of that road is a destination. So in life, we have to make choices that will truly affect not just life today, but it will, or your job or whatever, those are temporary things. But your decision of what you do when you hear the message about Jesus will not only affect your life right now, but it will affect the life to come in eternity because heaven and hell are very real places. I want to say that heaven and hell are very real places. That's why, especially today, I feel so prompted by God to tell you about the truth of Jesus Christ because the Bible says, that the way to hell is broad, but the way to, to eternal life is narrow. Let me, let me actually read it. That was my, like, paraphrasing. Let me actually read that scripture out loud. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So, there's two roads in life. There's the road to heaven, and then there's the road to hell. And I sadly, I don't talk about this lightly, or believe me, if you're on the other side of this, it's because... Um, I, I truly care about where you're going to spend eternity. And I don't say this at all to like just prove a point or something like that. That's not the purpose of this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is I desire everyone on the other end of this 
to know God, to have a personal relationship with him. And that's why it's so important to to know where you're going, to know where you're going to spend eternity. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. So the narrow road will lead you to life. The road toward heaven is narrow, meaning that few are really willing to say no to the desires of this world. It's so it seems so much easier to just go with the flow of life, be all, you know, let's like let's obsess ourselves with the newest most famous people. Let's get the like like let's obsess ourselves with what everyone else is doing in the world, the hottest place to vacation, the greatest way I can look. Um it's all about vanity. It's all about yourself. That, my friend, I've come to help you today and let you know that road that's all about self will lead you straight to hell. But guess what? The world doesn't give you any of that type of alarm or anything because the devil's very happy and comfortable with the fact that you're comfortable with it too and that you have no idea that your life is headed in the wrong direction. See, when you decide to say no to the things of this world and you say yes to God, life becomes much more full of joy and satisfying beyond what the world and the the devil could have ever offered you. The Bible says that those things are fleeting, that sin is pleasurable for a season, but it's a fleeting. You always need more. You always need more money. You always need to look better. You always need a new boyfriend. You always need something else. You always need another cheeseburger or something like that. You always need something else, but it doesn't satisfy you because the only thing that will satisfy you is knowing Jesus and being on that road that's on your way to heaven. Amen? That's what that's what you need today. You need to know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. The world would like to make you think otherwise and would like you to be comfortable with the few different theories we discussed in the beginning, like pluralism. Yes, every single road leads to the same place. There's many roads to heaven. Let's be inclusive. Let's not be hateful. Let's not be offensive. That's very rude to say that Jesus is the only way to God. Believe me, I've we've all heard it. I've definitely heard it. I've had people get angry with me. I've had people yell in my face before about the gospel. I've had people get up in my face. And you know what? God bless them. I really, like, people get so mad and they hate hearing this message that Jesus is the only way to God. But did you know that Islam literally claims the same exact thing, that their way is the only way. And very rarely are they hated on for it. Did you know that? But Christianity gets all the heat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm grateful Jesus said he's the only way. Because if he didn't make such a statement, I mean, he's a God of truth. He can't just lie and be comfortable with letting a bunch of people go to hell. He's going to tell you the truth. I am the way. 
I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me. There is no other way to heaven, ladies and gentlemen, except through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Hallelujah. There is no other way. How can we know this? How can we know that Jesus is truly the only way to God? I want to just break down a couple things. Number one, we know this through Jesus' life and ministry. This is how we know that Jesus is the only way to God. I wrote a whole paper on this in Bible college, which I'm going to be taking some, some points from. Because I know this, this, this plays with people's minds is, okay, I remember, for example, from my own personal experience, every, I was confused about who God was. You know, every single religion claims they're the truth. Well, that can't be true. If every single one of them is true, then they all must be a lie. Because why are there so many? That was literally my thought process in high school was, okay, all of these people are claiming their religion is right, and that can't be true. There has to be one truth. And Because I, I myself was desperate. I was looking at, you know, which one is the truth, you know? I wanted to know because I wanted, like, I wanted God in my life. I was hungry for the real thing. And I'm like, well, which one is real, you know? Which one actually is, is which, which is the God that truly made me and loves me and has a plan and purpose for my life? That's the God I want to serve. If he's real, show yourself to me because I need to know. So I remember getting to that point of, of desperation and wondering which God is true. And maybe you're on the other side of this and you're saying, I want to know what makes Jesus the truth amongst other religions. And this is my first point, is Jesus' divinity, that he is fully God and fully man, is proved through his life and ministry. His life was sinless, meaning that he never sinned a day in his life. Now, why does that prove that he's God? Well, he was someone that taught to not sin. He was someone that taught that you can be free from sin but if he was over here sinning and let's say you know doing horrible things would you ever trust anything he had to say if he didn't actually live up to what he said you you should just throw his whole life out the window but no he lived a life of integrity He lived a life that was sinless and spotless, that not even the religious leaders, the Pharisees in this day, could successfully pin a sin on Jesus. They would try to entangle him in his words and say, oh my word, Jesus, are you healing someone on the Sabbath? Because technically in the law that was not allowed, um, like, they would try to control Jesus and pin Jesus for like the littlest things to prove that he was not God. And every single time they tried that, Jesus 
came on the other side of that and proved that he was God. So he lived this sinless life. Not only did he claim that, but even his closest friends did. We know that Peter and Paul, they wrote about Jesus to be sinless and spotless. Even when Jesus was being put on trial in the New Testament and was being put on trial, even Herod said there's no testimony to actually crucify Jesus. They had no valid reason to crucify him. And that's history for you. That's not just Bible. That's Herod that said that about Jesus. Because the Bible is historically proven. So even Herod had nothing to say about Jesus, yet the people still said, crucify him, crucify him. They chose crucifying Jesus over an actual criminal who actually had um, a criminal record. So that is another example as to why Jesus can be trusted as the true son of God because he lived a sinless life. He didn't just say he was God, but he proved he was God by his life, by living a life of integrity and honesty. When you are, let's say, even in the legal in legal proceedings, if you're guilty, you're guilty. But if you're not guilty, you're not guilty. So, I mean, I'm saying it very simply and clearly, but if if even like in a legal proceeding, I'm trying to like think of the best way to say this, like if you are, if the evidence says you were at the, at the crime scene, if the evidence shows your fingerprints there, then you're going to go and serve your time for whatever that crime was. Because that's what the evidence speaks. But not even the evidence. That sinner, like, and th- this wasn't just religious people. Even the evidence in this time could not pin Jesus to be anything other than, than the Son of God. Did you know that? There was no evidence that could be pinned against Jesus to, to say he was the opposite of who he said he was. That's just, um, and obviously this could be a lot deeper. I am, I am not going like extremely deep into this because it could, I could study this and like go on forever. I'm sure in the future I will most likely add to this through a part two or in a, who knows, in a year or so come back to this where I would have learned more on this topic because There are many proofs as to why Jesus is the Son of God. And these are just the few that I know and can teach. So I just want to say that. So Jesus is the only way to God because of his impeccable life and ministry. If someone claims something yet their actions say otherwise, you know they're a liar. So in this in this case, we know Jesus is telling the truth because there was even sinners couldn't have evidence against him. Even Herod had no evidence against him that he was the opposite of who he said he was. So there you go. 
Jesus lived a life of integrity. Number two, Jesus' resurrection. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 says, After his sufferings, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So after Jesus died on the cross and was buried for three days, the Bible says that he rose again on the third day. Now there are a bunch of theories as to why. Um, there are a bunch of theories in universities, especially secular universities, that will try to um, explain why or how Jesus was not in the tomb on the third day. There's a, there's a theory called the swoon theory. Um, there's like, I think the hidden body theory. There's like a bunch of them that I don't, that I'm familiar with, but I'm not going to get into right now. Because secular people want to try to explain how the resurrection did not really happen. But even those theories are have holes in them and are honestly like not reliable at all. The only way, and obviously I believe this because this is what the Bible teaches and this is a huge part of Christianity, is the resurrection did indeed happen where Jesus actually... When he died on the cross, he he gave up himself, okay? He was buried for three days, and he came back to earth in a new resurrected body. He came back to earth in a new body. That is what the Bible teaches. And you could say, well, why is that a historical reason? Well, that is a, a very historical reason as to why Jesus is the true Son of God, Because this, again, is an ultimate sign of his divinity, that he is divine, that he is God. This is a supernatural proof that Jesus defeated um, sin and death and that he is the son of God. The resurrection is the ultimate hope of the believer. It is the hope of the Christian. One thing I want to say very simply is there's no other religion, to my knowledge, that has ever had that their God of the religion actually rose from the dead and defeated death, hell, and the grave. There is no other God that claims to do something like that. Just want to say that. There is no other um, religion that claims that. Accept Christianity and what what Jesus did, that he was resurrected. Even when Jesus died on the cross, the Roman guards said, oh my word, this guy was the son of God. Let's actually turn there. Let's read from Matthew 27, starting at verse 45. This is when Jesus dies on the cross. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama, sab, uh, I'm not going to try to say this, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. So when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. So Jesus dies on the cross, and this is what happens. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. So even even sinners, even people of the world, even the Roman soldiers that were mocking him, and you know, people were mocking him, spitting Jesus in the face, even they said, Man, This guy truly was the son of God. Look at what just happened. The moment Jesus died, right before their eyes, they saw the earth split into two. Rocks split and tombs broke open. And the bodies of many holy people were raised to life. Could you imagine seeing all this? Not only that, but in the actual temple, the the curtain... In, in the temple was actually split in two. Now, this curtain is like very, very heavy. If you don't, if you're not familiar with this, um, in, I'm not going to get into it, but it basically was a curtain that separated man from God because God was so holy. It was like the outward curtain from the Holy of Holies. I'm not like completely studied up on that right now. So, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, I could be wrong, but it was like basically like the curtain that divided between man and God. And when Jesus died on the cross, that thing ripped. Now, if you look up pictures of what that curtain looked like, it took hundreds of men to put that curtain up. And and like it is heavy, like very, very heavy. And that thing ripped in two when Jesus died. Now, these are literal things that happened when Jesus died on the cross. And the reaction of the men was, surely he is the son of God. Because if he was just an ordinary man and he was not who he said he was, why would all those things have happened? Why would the earth literally shake when Jesus died? That was the reaction of the earth when when God laid down his life for man. Why would that have happened? Hallelujah. Let's actually read the um, the moment when Jesus rises from the dead. Let me actually read Matthew 27, 62. The Bible says the next day, The one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while we 
he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So they're like, we're going to, you know, Jesus is dead. We're going to actually make this as hard as possible. That This is how fearful these men were. We're going to make this as hard as possible because just in case Jesus really does come back from the dead, we're going to make sure that, you know, God can't open up the, the stone and move the stone. Very silly. Matthew 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid. For I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples, Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So Jesus literally rose from the dead. That is that is like, I'm just like very simply like saying things today because there are people on the other end of this that may have never even heard any of this before. That's why I'm really just walking through and and showing you. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't just say, all right, guys, peace out. I'm going back to heaven. But no, he actually stayed on earth for f over 40 days and appeared to the disciples and to other many other eyewitnesses. All of these things were written down, even by non-believers. There was a um, a historical figure back in this time who was a Jewish scribe, I believe. His name was Jof Josephus. Josephus. And even in his writings, there was historical evidence and proofs of a Messiah and someone that actually rose from the dead, referring to Jesus Christ. That is a, if in other words, a non-Christian eyewitness account of the resurrection of Jesus. That is for anyone out there that is thinking, you know, yep, Christianity, they just wrote this themselves, it's fake, you know, all that, all of those lies and things that are not true. Just to throw that out there, there are historical proofs and evidences um, of Jesus and his resurrection in non-Christian literature. That's historically accurate. Hallelujah. And one other really amazing thing. This is all to point to why Jesus is the, the son of God. 
Thomas was one of the disciples of Jesus who we know to, um, you know, Jesus, we actually talked about him earlier in John 14. He was the one that said, well, Lord, I don't know the way to heaven. What, how do I get there? And he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus was talking to Thomas. Well, I'll bring up Thomas again. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, he appeared to all the disciples and they were like, all having a great time. They're amazed. But Thomas missed the party. Okay. He missed the party. And then he comes back and they're like, he's like, everyone's like, Thomas, we just met Jesus. Like, it was awesome. Like, this is obviously my paraphrasing. Thomas, it was great. It was, it was amazing. You, you missed it, you know? And he's like, man, I, did I seriously just miss that? Like, literally, Jesus Christ was just here and rose from the dead and everything, and now he's gone? And this is what Thomas said. Okay, so John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas... One of the twelve was not with with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. <laughs> That's my excited. We have seen the Lord. They were like, Thomas, we saw the Lord. And he's like, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. In other words, Thomas is quite saying, unless I see this for myself, I'm, I don't believe you. I do not believe you unless I see the nail marks in his hands when he was crucified and, and put on the cross. Unless I see the, the piercing in his side. Unless I see where the nails were, I won't believe. One week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, listen to this. This is what amazes me. Jesus was not physically there when Thomas said those things. To Thomas's knowledge, he just said that amongst himself and the, and the disciples. Thomas said, unless I see his hands, I won't believe. Jesus heard that. Jesus knew that that's what he needed. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And literally, this is what Jesus says. Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Hallelujah. There, there is historical proof for you on the other side of this. There is proof, just like how Jesus proved to Thomas that he really is who he says he is. We know through the resurrection that Jesus really did rise from the dead. That there's historical proof of that. And we can put our hope in him. Because, number one, Jesus' life and ministry was impeccable. He did not go against his word. Number two, his resurrection is historically accurate and it's true. Hallelujah. We got somebody cutting the grass outside. Okay. And that is literally why we can put our hope. Now, I want you to to just hone in with me as we close. I kind of talked about a lot today. But I pray that you have an encounter with God for yourself. Because that's going to be what you need. To really know Jesus is the true way. That he is the only way. Just like Thomas. Nobody could tell him anything. He had to experience it himself. And the way the Bible just says that is perfect. Why is, it, why is this so important that you believe Jesus is the only way to God? It's important so that you may have life. John 20 31 but these are written that you may believe that jesus is the messiah the son of god that by believing you may have life in his name you are an eternal soul on the other end of this god made you with the purpose to live forever in peace with god and i know that there's someone on the other side of this and you're saying i want to have peace with god I've always struggled with knowing who the real truth was. I've always struggled with that. But I want to give you hope. Do you know how restful it is to actually know you know the one true God? And then you laugh at when you hear other stories of people that claim theirs is the right, right way. Because you have such a deep confidence in a knowing. Let me ask you this. Why do you think the disciples... Did you know that they actually died for their for this cause? That they actually were martyred? They were tortured? They were put in boiling water? They were burned? They were stoned? Which literally means people threw huge rocks at them and killed them? Why would people die for something that wasn't real? Why? If if they if you on the other end of this actually saw what they saw, you would believe is what I would say. But like for example, to actually go to Jesus's tomb when you knew he was just buried there, and then three days later he he's not there, and and then you see an angel of the Lord. I mean, how could you how could you not make Jesus the Lord of your life after that? Which, you know, surprisingly, there are people that do know God is real like that. And they choose to walk away. So I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you can't deny 
that the gospel is the true way to God. You can't deny that. You can't deny that Jesus is the only way to God. Now, the best I could, I tried to explain this the best I could from what I know and from the scriptures. If you guys have any questions out there, just feel free to DM me. But as we're closing today, God will reveal himself to you personally. He will show himself to be true. And back to my point is the disciples wouldn't die for something that wasn't made real to them. They literally saw Jesus rise from the dead. They literally saw the nail. They were so convinced. They had such a holy, strong conviction inside of them that they could not override. That they did not want to override. They did not want to displease the Lord. That's why they had to die for their faith. Amen. That's why they had to die for their faith. Hallelujah. Because they knew the truth. They knew. And it's it was worth something giving their life for. So I want to ask you today. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? The Bible says that even the demons believe that there is a God. Just simply acknowledging God's real and then going back to your old life and doing your own thing is not Christianity. That is not why Jesus died. Jesus didn't die just to give you an encouraging couple quotes during your week and then you go back to living a sad, boring life that leads you straight to hell. But he actually died so that you could have a strong conviction in life and you can actually have a relationship with Jesus and know him. And you can have peace with God, the Bible says. In the book of Romans, it says that we have peace because we've been justified. That we've been made right with God. If you want to be made right with God today and you're saying that, Mackenzie, I want to know Jesus is the Lord of my life. I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. And repentance is a 180. It's a complete turn in a different direction and a turn toward God. I want you to just repeat this prayer with me. Say, um, right where you're at. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I ask today that that I, you would reveal yourself to me personally. I want to know you, Lord, and I want to give my life to you. I don't want you to just become a part of my life, but I want to give my life completely away to you. I want to know you in relationship, and I just thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and wiping away my past and giving me a new future that I can know that I know I'm on my way to heaven and that I will not be separated from you, that I want to live all the days of my life close to you. I make you the Lord of my life, and I declare and I believe in my heart that God, you rose Jesus from the dead, and I confess you are the Lord of my life. Romans chapter 10. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that today for the first time, I want to welcome you to salvation. I want to welcome you to knowing God. This is the greatest decision you could have ever made in your life because eternity is real guys 
And the Bible says that we must work while it is still day because night is coming when no man can work. That's in John chapter 9. It is time, we, and myself included, to, to win the lost. There is no greater cause than winning the lost. There is nothing greater than telling people about Jesus in, the, in this last time, in this last hour of time. And I pray that those two reasons today, number one, of Jesus' life and ministry, and number two, his resurrection, that those were helpful in you understanding why Jesus is the only way to heaven, that he really is the only way. And yes, Christianity is exclusive, but I'm happy it is because I want someone to tell me the truth. I don't want a, a fluff, a, a fluffiness. I don't want anything fake. I want you to tell me exactly how it is. And I'm grateful that Jesus loves us enough to actually tell us, hey, if you follow me, you're saving yourself from a pitfall of mistakes. You're you're saving yourself from going down roads that lead straight to hell. All that inclusive stuff, if I were you, I would throw it out the window. And I want you to know today that that the prayer you just prayed with me is the you are on the way to heaven now. You are on that narrow road that leads straight to heaven. You don't have to worry a day in your life. You can have a confidence that you're saved. And now I, I encourage you to, it is absolutely vital to get plugged into a Bible-believing church. Find a group of like-minded believers that are strong. And have Christian friends. Now it's it's um, asking God to help you to find what church to go to and start reading your Bible every single day. If, even if it's for 10 minutes a day. Start with something just so that you can grow in your relationship with God because God is literally his word, the Bible says. So when you're reading the Bible, you're literally reading exactly what God says. So I love you guys. I pray you have a great rest of your week. Keep an eye out for the next podcast that's coming out. And if you guys have any follow-up questions, my DMs are open on Instagram. Um, or you can text me or something, and I would be really grateful to hear some feedback from you guys and also answer any questions in another podcast. It doesn't have to be on this topic. It can just be about anything. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. God bless, and until next time.